разбирай. Okay, cool. Um, can I go? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yo, what's up, guys? Um, welcome to another episode of The Real Podcast with Andy. Um, today, we have a special guest. Um, um, her name is Christy. Um, as usual, guys, you know, um, I always li- I like the guests to introduce themselves because um, they introduce themselves better than I introduce themselves. As you know, guys, I'm bad at introducing people. So I'm going to let Christy to introduce um, herself. Um, hi, Christy, how are you? Very well in yourself, Andile. I'm doing very well, thanks. Um, first, I would like to say thank you so much for um, just opening up your time to come through this morning. Truly appreciate your time. It's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, like, yeah, just, you know, just introducing yourself, like, who you are and, you know, so that our guests, I mean, I mean our listeners and um, viewers get to know you better before we can, you know? Sure, absolutely. So, I'm Christopher Nikolf. Um mm-hmm. I've been in the industry for... Uh, over 25 years, approximately. Um, yeah. Started out in in the audio world, mm-hmm. and then uh, I always believe that you've um, you've got to keep on doing it till you make it. They yes, yes. Not fake it till you make it, but keep on <laughs> doing it. So yeah. um, I once had people come up to our studios in Joburg and said, "Oh, yeah, you make TV commercials," and I was like, yeah. "Absolutely, we make TV commercials." Sure. And uh, kind of got into that as well um, by that link. Wrote TV commercials. Um, for about five or six or seven years, and I just loved doing all the different facets of film. At the end of the day, coming sure. from an audio background, actually gave me an opportunity to really kind of look at things in a different light. Yes. Um, not going through your standard channels of film schools yes, and those kind yes. of things. And my passion for audio has grown over the years, and I've had wonderful opportunities to work with with everybody in the industry, all the biggest studios. Um, um, just, I mean, just to, before we can yeah. get into that, um, when you said, when you say audio, um, so that like our guests could, could, could I mean, so that our, our listeners and viewers could get like an understanding of what are you, what you're talking okay, about, cool. you know, like set or talking about sound engineering in the studio yeah. or, or whatever, you know. Okay. If you can maybe like elaborate just a little sure. bit on that. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So basically from an audio perspective, I got into... Um, all facets of that, effectively. Sure. Um, I started out in studios from a music perspective, sure. uh, but quick moved into the onset sound, location, recording, from films and TV commercials um, to music shows, big multi-track shows for mm. the big music events. Um, so my experience has literally gone through the whole, from basically from the pre-production side, planning what to use mm. in all the various aspects, mm. all the way through to post-production for TV and film. Sure. And my company, uh, about seven, eight years ago, launched the first Dolby Atmos and Aura 3D studios oh, wow. in Africa. Wow. And we were the first um, in the world, basically, to release a film, uh, a musical concert film, that's, in that's, both Dolby Atmos and or 3D, so it was quite a significant experience. Wow! Uh, yeah. So I mean, for, for I mean, for I mean, for those who don't, I mean, understand, I mean, what you are talking about, can you please just maybe elaborate, like, just a little bit, 
like Absolutely. in terms of yeah. So the final delivery of film for, from an audio perspective has changed over the years. Yeah, um, we've gone from mono to stereo to five point one to seven point one, and now the the standard format is immersive sound. Mm. There's various formats out there, but basically just means sound gets moved all around you, mm-hmm. and not only in the past you had like seven sources where sound could move between seven places in a room, where with the introduction of Dolby Atmos and or 3D and these other immersive formats, there's a lot more speakers, physical mounted speakers in the rooms, mm. which it's like I, I kind of want to, like for your audience, which is uh, the visual guys, yes. I want to say that it, it links to being able to shoot in 4K and 8K okay. and higher resolution formats as well as higher, higher that makes frame much, rates. That makes sense. Um, because it just gives you a higher definition mm-hmm. in your audio workspace. You sure. can move much smoother across all the various sound reproduction sources that's in the room. And understanding that and the ability and what it gives you as a filmmaker the way you can use sound to tell the story and to really engage your your viewers in the scene that they're actually watching, understanding that and then working it back mm-hmm. to onset, to your music, to your sound design. Mm-hmm. These elements, just if you link them all together, they're creating so much opportunity to yes. really in, invoke that emotional um, bond mm. that the viewers kind of create between seeing and hearing mm-hmm. that really just elevates what people experience when it comes to enjoying content yes. in these days yes no that's I mean that's amazing so 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 um you say your company, um, your company. What's what's the name of the company again? So uh, I've got a few different companies that operates in different fields. Our okay. main audio post-production company is called Soundmax 3D. Okay. And that's facilitated from our buildings in Paul in the Western Cape in the Winelands. Okay. So so, where, yeah. so so that company does like post-production. Yes, like, that company focuses on audio post-production and deliverables, okay. um, both from an audio and visual perspective. We've got a full grading setup as well. Wow. So we've got a, a Barco post-production projector and DaVinci Resolve suite with Avid controllers and everything. So we kind of offer clients a, a finalization step because budgets today is a big problem. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. Renting out a big space for your audio only is really limited and left for the big budget films. Mm. So we've tried to create a space where people that's currently operators that's working in their home studios or in smaller facilities can come and finalize what they've done to mm. make sure that the product that they've created is going to translate into the real world mm-hmm. out there in a confined and specially built cinema, basically, mm-hmm. um, that's full size um, compared because it sounds and looks different yes. when you work in a small house with or a small edit suite with a TV screen mm. than when it goes to an actual projector. Sure. And the same with the audio. The yes. distance from the speakers are different. When you're working in the small space, you're working on a near-field setup. When you're going to large cinema spaces, then obviously you go far-field. Yes. And being able to come to our facility and finalize that project and just make sure that everything is going to go out to the world exactly as the creative director has intended it to be, mm-hmm. as, as what our aim has been with Soundmax 3D. Yes, great, 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 fantastic. You know, um, it's almost like um, you answer every question 
that I'm about to ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to ask you. You know, <laughs> I'm asking you this question, and then you answer some other questions. That I'm sorry. Are, you know, <laughs> which is which, which is a great thing. You know, which is an amazing thing. You know, so 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 that that's I mean that's that's that, that that's one of your companies, and then the other company. Um. So. We, I launched um, Post City Network uh, about eight years ago. Yes. The idea that I have is I come from big facilities facilitation. So in in that time, and obviously in today as well, people didn't have budgets again. It's the same. It's the same story. Budgets become less. So using big facilities for post production has become in, in a way obsolete, mm. um, just from a budget perspective, and not necessary. Technology has changed. Yes. You can deliver. You can edit a film that you know, shot on an iPhone and, you know, edit it in your bedroom and it can yes. go to cinema effectively. Um, so I wanted to give the facility owners that has these big facilities and an extension to reach the new, basically up-and-coming clients mm -hmm. and established clients that's now working from smaller spaces. So the Post City Network was created to kind of link it all together and, um, and that's still in go ongoing. So basically people join the network and we basically bring people together, yeah. um, the facilities with the operators, effectively. Mm. And then we've got um, Mastermax Studios, which is based in Joburg, which is my initial company, okay. that focuses on, on, on scoring, on uh, sure? music production. Um, also we do Foley for films and a lot of um, ADR for international films mm. that we do between there and the studio and Lakeside that we have. And as part of the whole thing, education has for me always been a, a passion. Mm. And we partnered with Abbey Road Studios and Abbey Road Institute wow. in London. And we brought their educational program to Africa, offering their advanced, um, advanced program in music production and sound engineering yes. at our facilities in Joburg. So Abbey Road Institute Johannesburg is based at our studios in, in Johannesburg. And we basically are training the, the new generation of what we would call sound makers. Yes. Um, because the industry needs quality operators in the audio field specifically. Mm. A lot has been done in the development phase of the visual arts. There's many film schools out there and people have been doing fantastic work. But audio was kind of left behind from an educational perspective. That's true. Um, a lot of the times people have to go and they, they study sound engineering, for instance, and then they got to go and do another 10 years to really learn the craft properly. Jeez. Um, where our focus is really to create a Kickstarter thing for people in the audio industry, but we're combining the, the music production side mm -hmm. with the technical skills because budgets for films are not allowing for those big teams anymore that you used to have mm -hmm. where you'll have like, uh, you know, 10 people on sound department. They need people that can, from an onset perspective, that can plan, run it, operate it, do the playback sound, um, and mm. deliver a quality product for the studio or even to just move on from set yes. and then go on with the production in post. It makes more sense from a financial standpoint yes, because yes. it might be a smaller budget, but if all that budget is going to one operator or one company, it just makes more sense for that company. Yes. And that's the idea that I've always had for educational side is to teach people that's obviously talented for that uh, that can deliver like a quality one solution from an audio perspective mm -hmm. from the onset through to the scoring, sound design, final mix, and then the deliverables for yeah. the clients. So, um, 
you're talking about like sound sound design. I mean, there are so many people out there like who don't even understand what is sound design. You know what I mean? Like designing sound or what are you doing? You know what I mean? So um, you know, um, like what is sound design? So this this overall kind because, of because yeah. so, I'm so sorry yeah. um, because you know you know in the olden days we we I mean like in the olden days to like where I grow up we only knew it like two or three things, music producer or sound engineering. Yeah, yeah. That's all we knew. Sound designing and scoring, and we, we never knew those things. And I know that there are some, obviously I know those things now, yeah. but there's so, so many people that when you talk about those things, they don't even understand what you're talking about. So if maybe you can elaborate in terms of like all those like, you know, um, areas of sound, like, you know, sound design, starting from sound design. Okay. When you talk about sound design, what are you talking about? All right, so, so basically there's, there's an all-encompassing term that people talk about the sound for a film, the total sound as this, as sound designer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on te- in technical terms, a sound designer is actually the person creating sounds that normally does not exist. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about the film like Jurassic Park and those kind of films, sound designers create sounds for productions, and that's a technical term for mm-hmm. it, um, that does not exist. All your, your laser beams from Star Wars, all those yes. kind of things. Um, there's various roles when it comes to the audio department in the post-production field for film. Um, so you've got your Foley artists that's creating, that's basically taking what's on screen mm-hmm. and recording in post-production those sounds that, that couldn't be captured literally on set. Because on set, we normally focus on the dialogue. Yes. Not as much in all the movement sounds. Of, and if you think about a fighting scene, it's not like the people are really hitting one another. Yes, yes. Um, so it's 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 a job between the sound designer and the foley artists and engineers to basically create what you the final picture that you hear. Um, then you've also got your 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 people that's in charge of the music, and uh, you get music that has been composed specifically for the film. Mm-hmm. And then you also have people that's create that's using library music. Mm-hmm. Um, and place it in film. That's still on um, sound designing. That again, the roles are kind of blurred at the yeah. moment. It's not like it where it used to be. I mean, for instance, I would play a role of a sound supervisor on a project, and then I get involved with all the aspects, from the curating of music for the film to the original score, yeah. either physically doing it or putting the team together that then carries out all those different roles. Sure, sure. Um, but that's what I'm saying. It's that people, when you talk about sound design from a technical perspective, that is effectively designing the environment that the film takes place in. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. And then scoring? Scoring is, is, is directly linked to the musical part of the film. Um, but it doesn't necessarily be music that's got lyrics it, uh, the scoring can be part of your underscore for the film. That that's that musical tones that lies below the action, that lies below the atmospheres, um, and that's what I'm saying. It's all blurred in sure. today's world. Yeah. Um, because being part of the team that's doing the scoring for a film can mm. have it can link through to the sound design elements. From from my side, I like to link it all together. Yeah. Because I like my sound design, my tones, my atmospheric tones that I use for instance, link up with the keys that the score is in. So, so just okay. We're just going to cut and re-roll every 15 minutes. No problem. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this, this is the reason why I don't script yeah. questions. You know what I mean? Because when you script questions, you don't get, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you have to answer according to what I'm, yeah. I've, I've scripted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now yeah. it's almost like free to say, you know? Yeah. The, it's it's, it's the, the information now <laughs> yeah. is like, is broad now, mm, you know? Broad, so, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so we were on scoring. So you were talking about, um, do you still remember? I especially be talking about um, with my preference of linking. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, this scope is really big yeah. when it comes to these things. And um, working at the end of the day for me, what I always tell our students as well when we busy training them in regard to film scoring and so on, so on is the director's vision is one of the most important things when you start planning. Mm-hmm what music you're going to be creating, what the atmosphere is going to be. To, to give you an example, a few years back, we did a film which had a lot of um, external scenes in the Karoo where someone was running through the Karoo basically and being chased. Mm. And the director's vision was that um, they wanted to translate, because the, the basically the, the girl that was running away from this bunch of guys um, it's the same environment. It's the same bush that they're running through. But he wanted people to understand that she knew the, the environment and mm-hmm. she was at peace with the environment where the people chasing her were out of their comfort zone. So we used a combination of sound design elements, atmospheric sounds, drones, um, drone sounds, not mm-hmm. drones flying by. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and drone Lincoln, sounds. Yeah. What is like low frequency oh, rumbles okay. yes. and uh, just tones yes. that that basically linked with a with a musical score to create a, an uplifting feeling basically in the sound that you heard. So while she's running through the guru, when she's running, you'll have this very calm, peaceful sound almost. Although it's like an uh, energetic thing happening, mm-hmm. but it's you can feel at peace. And when it, when it was the, the bunch of crooks that was chasing her, mm-hmm. you, we, we used discord tones and we used uh, minor key structures in the actual underscore mm-hmm. to really like tell people from an audio perspective that these people don't belong there. Yeah. And it, it was just a phenomenal um, experience when you listen to that with and without audio. Mm-hmm. The feeling that you got. Um, and the experience that you got, you could really feel that there's, you know, this disharmony with these people. And it, mm-hmm. it added just phenomenally to the experience of the film, the sonic soundscape that we were able to create. And we didn't do the score for that film, so we weren't writing the melodic music, um, but we worked with the composer that was doing the score sure. to link our sound design elements and make it all flow as one big canvas. Because that's what it should be. At the end of the day, sound for film, if you make a film, people walk out and they've really engaged with that film, but they don't even speak about the sound. Exactly. Then you've been successful, That's, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it should never detract from the story. That's powerful. It should just be enhancing the experience. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So um, when you're talking about... Um, so, 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 so the composer... Mm-hmm. So what's the composer? So the composer is normally... Um, responsible for creating the melodic music for the film. Um, so they look, they sit with the director, get a feeling of what the director wants the, the, the music of the film to sound like, uh, what the messages is. Sometimes they are using original, or most of the time they're using original songs if mm. there's lyrics with it. 
but all that, I mean, the, if you get action movies, you've got chase scenes, you've got all these yes, things happening. Yes. And the music is what makes your heart pump. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, if you listen to those same scenes without the music, it kind of sounds dull. That's true. Um, so the music brings life to what's happening on screen. And that's the role of the composer, is to bring that life, to bring the director's vision mm. from a visual perspective and translate it into music. Mm. Because at the end of the day, music is a universal language, right? Yes, that's true. Um, we once did an album for an artist called Busing Fongu. It was the last album that she did before she passed on. And... Um, we did this experiment where we got an artist in to paint while we were mixing. But the artist, they didn't understand the language at all. Yeah. And after each song, the artist would create a pre-sketch while we were mixing, and then we'll get Busy to look at it and tell us, you know, what their experience is. And it was amazing to see how the yeah, artist so, captured... So, so you've worked with some big names, yeah? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. By, by a lot of grace, I've had yeah. work with fantastic people. That's great. Was, um, I'm listening to their name now. Musim Shlomo is quite a huge name. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and it was just phenomenal because we could see how music translated through language barriers mm -hmm. because what the artist painted was what the song was about. And for me, and that translating that into film, mm. all the films that I've been involved with and from a scoring perspective or just from a sound design or sound supervision perspective, yes. I really try and keep that in mind, that we have an opportunity to, to tell the story in more depth. And I think that for me is what a composer is all about, sure. is being able to translate what's being said, what's being felt, what's being seen, into an experienceable audio um, soundscape that will really put the listener and the, the viewer into the space and into the headspace of what's happening on screen mm. without detracting from the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, the way, you answer, the way you answer these questions, you answer them like so thoroughly to the point that, you know, I've got nothing to ask. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, are, you answer them in a way that like it's clear, you know, even for someone who does not, does not know what we are talking about now for them to understand. It's almost like you are in a class or something like that. You know what I mean? So music, superv music supervisor, what is a music supervisor? I, I, I was, I, I've, I've dealt with music supervisors a lot. Yeah. So for someone that doesn't know what is a music supervisor, you know, um, what role do they play um, in, in the project and stuff like that? Like, what is the, um, the one that I've, I've worked with? Um, just few projects. Um, it's guy. Um, it's um, Craig. Craig. Craig from Mama Dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 Daniel Apple. Okay. Yeah, those are the guys that I've I've I've, I've worked with yeah. in the past. Um, so. Do you, I, do you also do music supervision as well? Yes, I do, yeah. Okay, so what is a music supervisor for people? So, as with all these things, in, in, the, in the real world, in the, yeah. Like in, yeah. the, in the big budget world, the music supervisor would normally be just the person overseeing everything music-related for the film. So they will be the coordinating um, basically point and the connection point between the director mm. and the composers as well as the person assisting the music compilers, mm. putting the music together. So basically, that, in my kind of, in layman's terms, I would say the music supervisor is the translator between the director and the music team for mm -hmm. the film. Um, 
they would be involved in every aspect of choosing music as well as, I mean, if you think about editing, right? Sure. So if you're editing a scene, um, it gets cut to a pace. Yes. And normally music is necessary to give the editors a pace to cut to. So even though the music might not be the final music used in the film, mm. the music supervisor will be involved in that process, making sure that what's being used mm. is going to be at the same pace as what the final score is going to be like. Yes. And understanding the director's vision is one of the most pivotal parts of yeah. the music supervisor's role mm. because the director has got a million things on, on her or his mind. Yes, exactly. And, need to, and someone needs to translate that to the team. Sure. And, and that's the, 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 the overseeing role of the music supervisor yes. for the film. But sometimes, and in many cases, the music supervisor gets involved with more aspects. Yeah. Um, might be part of the composition team. Mm. Um, or might be the person compiling as well for the, for the pre-production, for the post-production, and then for the final deliverables. Um, they will also normally be involved with their licensing rights. So if any music's being used from big bands to get the licenses and organize a contract for that, that's all part of the music supervisor's role. Okay, so, so, so I'm a director. I'm, I'm, I'm having this project that I'm doing. So let's say I want to use, let's say, um, Prime Circle's music. You know, so you as a music supervisor, you'll be you'll be in, yeah. in charge of all of right, that yeah. process. Absolutely. In terms of organizing the paperwork yes. and um, making sure that all the bits that I, I mean, the parts and the bits that I want from whatever song are, are well taken care of. Yes. So that's the music supervisor working. That's with. right, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So um, just um, 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 a last one. So. When it comes to um, music library, um, when it comes to music library, how does the music library thing work? Like in terms of, um, obviously I know you work like music library, like um, different, different composers, different kinds of people and all of that. So how, like if I want to use, I'm as a director, I want to use, let's say, Wusim Fungo's song on my, um, like in terms of the rights, in terms of um, how the process, how does that go? Like if I want to use a Muslim song on my, as a music supervisor, you know, it's the first time I'm doing this. You know, it's my first maybe movie. I said, listen, um, I want to use Muslim songs, you know. Um, how, how does the process go like for me as the, as the, as the, as the, as the new director, someone that has never dealt with such a situation before? I mean, it's a, it's a process at the end of the day. So it also depends on where you're using library music because you get pre-licensed library music or subscription library music sure. that you can access. And then you get like just music in general that you need to obtain a sync license for. That's mm. what it's basically called, to, create, to get a sync license to sync some music with your film at the end of the day. Sure. Um, and that's a legal process that goes through contracts have to be put in place. Um, I mean, it depends on the record label that the artist is with. Um, who owns the master rights for the song. Um, so there's a lot of um, rights organizations in the country that you can contact for that. Um, I don't, you know, gone specifically, it depends on who you, whose song you're going to be working yes. with. Um, but it's quite a complex um, process. Uh, there is also companies like Shear Publishing sure. and a few other publishing um, people in the country that you can contact as a music supervisor mm. if, they are, if the artist that you want to work with is being represented by them and they have stock standard contracts for sync licensing for certain songs. Sure. Um, that you've got to I mean, to. like, is it affordable for, like, 
Or it depends it... on whose song you're going to get. <laughs> so yeah. if you're getting uh, like newer artists that's, that doesn't have so much experience or class in the industry, you can, you can get away with, with reasonable pricing. Um, mm. Sometimes we shouldn't be like that, but sometimes for free. Because yeah. people sometimes just want their song to be on a film so badly yes. uh, to get exposure. Yes. Um, I don't believe that's, that's any constructive way to build the industry, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it can sometimes have value. Um, for new composers that want to get their music heard. Um, but effectively, it, I mean, I've worked on one production that used, um, they wanted to use one of Michael Jackson's songs. Jeez. And when they contacted yeah. the, the, the rights owners, they wanted a half a million dollars <sighs> for the 30 seconds of usage. What? And obviously they couldn't do it because, I mean, the whole budget for the film was about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not always... Um, I, I was music supervisor on a, on a show called Icons, which is a, it's a music photography show. Basically, they were showcasing the photography of all the big bands. It was mm. a, made for one of the international companies. And what we had to do, I think, because they wanted to use some, because it was big bands like U2 and all these massive bands was in the show. Mm. And the director also, they wanted to use a lot of the original music but it was just unaffordable. And we, we tried to create similar experience films. So we did the original score for the series mm-hmm. um, that took influence from those bands. So sometimes that's what you're going to have to revert to. If you yes. can't afford um, the sync license for what you really want, yes. then you might have to revert to, uh, to creating an original score sure. that gives you the same emotional connection. Yeah. Hey guys, can I just pause you there? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, please, brother. I was in the mix. Is it locked? Maybe it's locked. No. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm hoping I'm covering what you... What you exactly. Want. More than ever, like, like now, I mean, it's almost like... Oh, they just closed. For me, you've covered, you've covered like almost everything that I had in mind. You know what I mean? That's, 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 that's super great, especially when it comes to sound design, scoring, and all, okay. all that, you know, because... Okay, cool. So... Yeah, I mean, for me, this is more. This is almost like a class, you know. You know, it's almost like a class yeah. for me. I believe that it's gonna it's gonna feel the same with yeah. everyone that is listening, that will be listening or watching as well, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm just a guy, you know. I want to, you know, I'm listening to this thing, and then I feel like I want to do like I want to be the sound designer, you know. What would be your like? first step for me to take? What would be your advice for someone like that? Say, I want to be a sound designer or want to be a score, sound scorer or whatever. Like, what would be your, your first, like, you know, is this something that I can learn, I can self-learn, or is it something that I have to go to school for? Or is it something that I can just maybe um, study from online, like, just by, you know, picking up videos like this online, 
than just listen to someone like you talking about these things and then you know pick up the pieces by myself like how does it what would be what would you, would be your like your your best advice for someone like that well i would say if if this is i mean this is not uh it's a field that you really have to have a passion for mm-hmm. so if this is something that you really want to do the first thing is to start doing it yeah you know first um you, you for sound design for instance or for scoring whatever you need to you need to know software you need to know how to use the software as a starting point so so the starting point is to get the software learn yeah, that software and, and and watch videos about it online there's 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 a lot of educational content so, so you don't have to go to school i would not say i would not jump to school as as they would even like at abbey road we don't allow students to start the course with us without a background they've got to submit a music portfolio for instance yeah, yeah. before we allow them to actually study the course yeah. with us because number one we don't believe in wasting parents funds as well sure you know um it's an expensive field to be in the computers the equipment's expensive um you've you've got to know this is what you really want to do and i believe that starting out by watching videos online i love what you say that it's a, it's i mean it's an expensive you know That, yeah. That's where it begins. You have to understand that Absolutely. you're going into something that's going to cost you. Yeah, for, I mean, to do it properly, it yeah. costs you money to have the proper gear, but it does not mean that you can't start from nothing. Yeah. I mean, you can literally start by, by educating yourself via watching online videos. Mm. That's a fantastic starting point. And then you also get a feel of what you really like and what, you know, what side of it are you interested in. Um, But if you want to make it into the industry, you've got to start by, number one, educating yourself, getting, you know, you can download videos from the internet, create sounds for it, you know, in, in the DAWs that's available. There's free DAWs that you can start with. Um, you don't have to spend money. You just need access to a computer, essentially. I mean, these days you've got um, products on your phone that you can yes. use um, as a DAW, for instance. And that's where I would start. I yeah. would start by getting getting a portfolio done for myself because you're only as rental hireable as your last job at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got nothing to show, then the chance of starting in the industry is almost zero. Yeah. Um, so getting onto that as, you know, when you're starting out will be to first train yourself a little bit, get into things. And then if this is really what you want to do, there is courses out there that can serve as career kickstarters. Mm-hmm. What I normally tell the students that wants to come study with us is that the value of what you are learning at our institution is not as much in the educational part, but it's in the network you get to build. Sure. With your fellow students as well as with the industry professionals that you get introduced to. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I studied uh, a few moons ago, what I learned gave me a good overview of what this industry is about but it was meeting people and getting exposure to like this guy is doing live sound for instance and then they'll invite me to come and work with them and I meet someone else there that's doing this and, mm-hmm. and I got into film and sound design all these things by meeting people mm-hmm. and I believe that effectively is that what gets you in at the end of the day so you've got to educate yourself know what it's about be well educated Mm. understand the, the 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 scope of what audio for TV sure. and film is all about. Um, but then you can go and study. I mean, we are 
as part of our course, we're offering a, f- a film and television post-production section as well. So there is stuff out there. I mean, AFTA has got stuff. Um, a lot of the schools out there has got it. Mm. It just depends on what exactly you want to get out of it. But at the end of the day, you only get out what you put in. Yes. Um, yes. No one's going to make you a superstar. That's true. Um, you've got to do that yourself. Yeah, that's true. So um, now... Um, I've, I've seen some other guys like like from big studios downscaling to small studios, like to bedroom studios and stuff like that, you know. So um, some of them, they would be like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, what matters is what you produce is what you create. You know, if you have a big studio, you have a bedroom studio or you have like a basement studio, whatever. So like, what do you say about that? Because, because um, at this, because... Sorry, this this guy was instructing no, me. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what I mean, what, what, what can you say about that in terms of studios like basement studio, bedroom studio, you know, huge studios and stuff like that? I completely agree with the notion that that you can, you don't need the big studio. Yeah. To be to create wonderful stuff. I mean, if you look at Billie Eilish's last album that won all the Grammys, right? Yes. So it was done in a bedroom. Yeah. Um, so what what I feel about the big studios is what it's done for me, and I can only speak for what it's done for me in my career. Sure. The big studios gave me big opportunities. Yeah, um, I hear you. I got to work with big people because they wanted the big space. Yeah. And that has given me opportunities and what, what I wanted to do when I started the Abbey Road Institute thing for South Africa was to give other people the opportunity to learn in that environment mm. because you learn different aspects. Sure. Um, I try to teach the students basically to, to learn how to use the big stuff so that you understand because all the software that we're using today, right, is all based on hardware from the olden days, effectively. Most mm. of it. Um, so we try and teach students kind of that, but that they can go to their bedroom studios and they can create. I, mean, I, I myself work with big international acts and I will work sometimes in the big studio uh, when they're around, but when I'm doing post-production for my and Sons or any of these kind of acts, I sometimes work at my house on my laptop. Mm. Um, I do like to reference back to the big studio uh, because I've got access to it. Yeah. And it does give me the opportunity to to make sure the quality control is done. Yeah. Um, but it does not mean that you can't do the other side of things. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's about who you are, what your dream is. And I mean, I've always kind of lived by things, what are you willing to give up to get there? Yeah. Um, and you've got to quantify that at the end of the day. Um, if, you, if you feel that's what you need, if the big studio is what you need, that fits your personality, that fits who you are, then... Nothing stops you from doing that. Yes. It's, it's literally a choice that you've got to make. Yeah. Um, and you've got to get yourself there. Um, but you can deliver a fantastic product from your laptop at the airport. I mean, I used to mix a show called Skyrim Live, which I literally mix, mixed on the airplane. I know, Skyrim, SABC. Yeah. yeah so I know, we used to create What happened to that show? Um, Achetich time ran out. So there was other stuff that happened. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like... Uh, because it had, like, I know it had a huge following. It did, yeah. It had yeah. a huge following. So like, it did, like, like, two or three seasons, basically. And then it was, it was no more. And then it was done, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why, because it had a huge following. Yeah, yeah. 
But oh, it was, wow. uh, you know, people... So did you work on that? Yes, on that? Yeah, yeah. Basically, my company was in charge of all the audio. Oh, wow. So we did the house audio and the broadcasts and the post-production. Really? Yeah. That's... So I used to fly to Joburg because I was staying in Cape Town at that time. Yeah. Fly to Joburg on a Saturday afternoon. Then we would mix the show live for broadcast in the night. And then I'll take the audio and get onto the airport. So you're a big deal. No. Yes, no, you are definitely. It no, was, you would never do such, you know. Uh, I think, I mean, you're only as big as your last job, eh? Yeah. So, no, I've, I've had the opportunity to Jeez, work like, on yeah. fantastic stuff. And yeah. I'm just grateful for that opportunity and I try and share that. Yeah. Um, because people have shared with me. I've, you know, when, when I was starting out and getting into things, people gave me opportunities and I try and do the same where I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's that's one thing about this podcast, you know, we've we've we've, we've been like bringing people in like, you know, like not just um um just talking to the audience to, to I mean to the to the to the viewers now, not just, you know, not just um not just anyone, you know, we've been bringing people that, you know, that that have paid their dues in, in their departments, you know, so that when you watch so I mean I mean I remember when we posted like um the Kim Glerin he says um, 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 episode. Someone said to me that um, you know this podcast. If we continue doing something like it was usually, when you bring people like Kim, like um, Christy, you know, um, some of like international broadcasters. I mean, sorry, um, podcasters would have you to subscribe on something, or you would have to pay, or to get such people, you know, as like such educational and informative um, um, episodes like this, you know, because this is not just a podcast where we just chill and just talk about life. Just chill, what were you doing last week or something like yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You went to the part, I heard this, this, this happened, you know, this is not something like, this is not a podcast like that. Yeah. This is more like um, an educational and informative thing, thing, you know what I mean? Someone referenced into one of these, um, there's this thing, I think it's a masterclass, something, there's this um, thing called masterclass, where they invite um, like well exp- like um, experts of departments, and then they talk about you have to pay a subscription fee yeah. to get to watch those. You, so, you know, someone said to me like this podcast is something like that. That's why we're just trying to, you know, to serve. I mean, to serve our, our listeners and our viewers as much as possible. You know what I mean? So, so um, I'm, I truly appreciate sitting next to you right now. You know what I mean? You know. Um, um, you know, like listening, hearing you, like you've done, like worked with so many people, like Muslim Khalam, Dan Skyrim, Skyrim Rive, you've, you've, you know, so I mean, it's, I mean, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, to hear, to hear these things. Um, so um, I don't know how much time do we have? Um, it's 10 to. It's 10 to. Okay, so we've got like 10, 15, 10, 15 minutes. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really, really. So I can have 15 minutes. Okay, cool. Just one sec. We're going to have to find a disclaimer on this one. The part everyone does. Exciting today to be so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. At least because it's a podcast people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, just to I mean to to finish up, you know, thank you so much for all the information that you've shared so far. Truly appreciate it, not just for myself, but for our listeners and our viewers as well. Pleasure. You know, truly appreciate it. You know, um, even myself, I've learned a lot. Even though I've worked with some of people like you, but you know, I was just sitting down because I never had the chance to sit down. And you know, it's always work. You know, work. We do this. We do that. So you never get that. It's almost like you. You're playing a catch-up. You learn as you go, you know, about these things. So, like, sitting down with you now, you know, um, I'm, I'm definitely sure that we're going to work together. You know what I mean? Sitting down with you now, it makes me, you know, give me, gives me, like, a broader understanding about the sound department, you know, which you said that it does, it's not been given, like, enough praise or credit enough, you know, um, especially in our industry, but it's a vital part, you know, I mean, we cannot do anything without sound, whether on set or out of set. Yeah. We need sound. Absolutely. You know, it's either, it's whether we are on set or we are not on set, or whether out of set, you know, we, 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 I mean, we do need sound. So the last thing that um, I just want us to talk about now, like in terms of um, your, your equipment and stuff, like what, like, for, I mean, for someone um, to get to the point, to the, to the, I mean, to, to the level where you are, you know, like what equipment, you know, you know, like softwares, you know, stuff like that. Like, would you, you know, does that matter or? It, it helps. The better equipment you have, the better product you can more easily deliver. Yeah. Uh, if you have good microphones, you have lower noise levels, so you have less issues with noise afterwards. Yes. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't start out. I mean, I, I started out with the most cheap equipment that you have um, that you can get at that time, you know, it's like Samsung microphones and yeah. like even worse <laughs> at some points. Um, I think it was like Dixon microphones and stuff. Yeah. And I started out, my first recording before I even went to study yeah. um, was done like with Dixon microphones through a Lee mixer sure. into a Wavelab sound card and a computer. Jeez, yeah. um, so look, the quality was crap, but um, I mean, it was, it was fine for that, for that moment. Yes. Um, so I don't believe that that equipment should put you off, uh, but when you get in the position to yes. start purchasing more expensive equipment, it helps. It, yes. it does help. It makes your job easier. Yeah. At the end of the day, and that's what it's you know, if you want a free and f and an easy workflow, technology has become so much cheaper. Yes. That you don't have to spend millions anymore. Yes, like that's in true. All days. You know, you can you can get away with maybe ten or twenty thousand rand with a basic kit. Um, that can do fantastic work. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, you, if you're in, in the location sound apartment, you can literally, for under 20,000 Rand, you can put together a location sound kit, mm -hmm. a Zoom mixer and um, some Sennheiser microphones or something else out, that's out there, and you can get started. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, or if you can't afford something, you can rent gear. Uh, you don't have, like, when I started out, I didn't have gear. I rented gear mm. um, that I needed for the job. And, yeah. you know, when, when, so, I mean, speci specifying equipment, I think is, is, is very irrelevant. It's, yes. You've got to go and do your research as to what's going to work for your application. For you. Yeah, that's true. Um, because every environment is different. Uh, if you're filming out in the Okavanga Delta, you're going to use different microphones that you can use in a studio in Cape Town. That's true. Um, because you have different needs. Yes. Um, but I would say, say Nothing has to deter you. I mean, the need for content in general 
is enormous. Mm -hmm. And if this is the industry that you want to be in, it doesn't matter which department, get out there and start doing it. Make content. Mm -hmm. Whether it's on your iPhone or on your Samsung or and you're recording the audio directly onto your phone, uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Just do it. Yeah, I love, I love what you just said now. I, just, I think I remember like years ago, I spoke to this director, like years ago when I was studying in the industry, was, was once said the same thing, that you want to be a director, take the camera, just shoot anything. Exactly. Just shoot anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then from there, you, you start, you know, yeah. getting ideas of what to shoot once you start shooting. So I love what you just said right now, you know? So, um, I mean... Um, any like last few words like you would love to say like you would love um, to to you know to give it to a, like to to those who wants to be in a place where they you know they are fully armed absolutely like you or something yeah. like that I would say just from a, a, a note to directors out there with directors starting sorry out. the question that I wanted to ask yeah. before before okay. that was um, for, for I mean for what you do what has been your experience or um, working with producers, directors, you know, um, something like that. Like, what is it that you can say for someone who's studying, you know, an advice for someone that is studying up, you know, when it comes to um, um, saying, well, listen, because I know some other directors are difficult, you know, some of the producers are difficult, you know, like, what is it that you can advise for them in terms of, like, to maintain, to maintain that working relationship and what, what, what they should be expecting? Okay. So, Communication is key yeah. at the end of the day. Whatever you're doing, whether it's whatever, post-production, on-set, music, live shows, whatever, communication with your client is a key yeah. aspect. Um, staying humble. Mm. I think a lot of people um, want to wear this cap of, you know, I don't, most people want to be the director. Yes. But I always believe that you're in your department, you must... You must remember what you're there for. You know, at the end of we're there in the audio department, we are there to serve the video department effectively. Mm -hmm. We're there to serve the story. And that's something that I would really want to, you know, express as one of your most successful things. You, you might not be technically as in wonderful, might not be delivering the best quality product yet. But if you're a nice person to work with. That's true you're going to get more jobs. That's all true. Um, if people are enjoying you, if they can, and obviously add, we're putting onto that, the, the more you know what you're doing, the more you've got knowledge, not only of your own department, but mm -hmm. for the other departments in your, in your workflow. Yes. It just gives you the opportunity to deliver such better quality and better communication with all fields. Yeah. Um, because if, if you understand what, what the sparks do, if you understand what the grips do, and you actually have appreciation mm -hmm. for their job, for wardrobe department, having appreciation for wardrobe department as an audio person, having that relationship with them so that you can actually feel comfortable going up to the wardrobe and say, hey, I've got to hide a microphone mm -hmm. in this person's body somewhere. Um, that's what I say, communication. Mm -hmm. um, I was like in the, in the, from the music side, we always said, you've almost got to be a psychiatrist and then an engineer. I love that. Um, because you need to be able to handle people's moods. As the audio person, you a lot of time you get more close experience. Sorry, with, sorry, sorry for cut. It reminds me of what um, there's a there's a, and there's a guy called um, 
um, um, is a first AD, like a legend, Martin, Martin Palmer. Once said to me when he was training me, when when I was studying as an AD, you know, when you're an AD, it's almost like you're a father. You know, you, you I mean, it's almost like you're a father because everyone is always saying some, always complaining. You have to make sure that you you manage all of that. Yeah. You know, so I love what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, and that, that's for me, that's always been the key thing in, in, in my career as well as I wanted to acknowledge people for who they are yeah. and the roles that they play. It makes you not, not subpar to anybody. Yeah. And that's why knowing who you are, your identity, for me personally, my journey is that I've been through, there's been quite some challenges in that field. Yes. And, and just like being yourself and being able to be yourself in your work field. Yeah. But doing that makes such a huge difference. Yes. Being open and forthcoming in your relationships with people. Uh, that's that's what takes you places. People will rather use an onset sound recordist that's a wonderful person, but that might not be the fastest recordist out there mm. um, than using a grumpy person that thinks too much of themselves mm-hmm. and are difficult to work with. It's 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 actually a point I remember when I was going to I was going I was shooting like a commercial in Joburg. Um, when I went, I was, I was given like an option, options of DOPs. So um, there's this DOP, like as an old guy, um, or like he's like, he's, like when, I look, when I looked at his reel, it was good, CV was good. And I was like, okay, cool, I want to work with this guy. And, but the agent says, the agent said, well, you can work with him, but he's a very grumpy guy. He's a very grumpy old DOP. I was like, no, it doesn't matter how good you are. I don't want to work with a grumpy person, you know? Rather give me less experience, but good as well. Absolutely. But, you know, so it's, I mean, I love, I just love your points. You know, they just takes me back to all my references, you know, in my, in, 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 you know, in my, in my industry life. So, um, I mean, all the things that you've, you said, you know, it's like point on all of them. So thank you so much, Christy. Um, um, I'm not sure if I've already asked you about your last words. I was asked you, yeah, but then yeah. I, I, I... Yeah, you jumped to that. Yeah, line. I jumped. Yes, I, like your last words, anything okay, that you would cool. like to say, yeah. you know? Yeah, so the, the note to directors is, you know, keep the sound part in mind from the start. It should actually be in mind from the script writing process mm-hmm. because that's where sound starts becoming important. If you're writing a script and you're writing a scene and it's, it's you know, you've got to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. What is the sound going to do in there? Mm-hmm. And giving it its due value and budget and time is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Because without that, at the end of the day, if you have scratchy sound or dialogue, I mean, in today's world, people are complaining so much mm-hmm. about dialogue in the deliverables for films when they're watching on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mainly because people don't think of it. And I mean, we've, we've had it with one of the streaming companies that, that approached us to do post-production on a, on a series and the time that they wanted to give us for post was so low yeah. that we had to walk away because I said we can't, the, the audio has been neglected. It wasn't the fault of the location recordists. It was shot at such a tempo because the budget was so low mm. that there was no time to do it properly. Mm. And that's why it's a so for directors. You, so you walked sure away from the reset now? We walked away, yeah. Oh, wow. Other people picked up and they did it in any ways. Um, but I didn't want to be involved with something which I can't guarantee the end product of. I love that. Um, I love that. Which means you're not just doing it for the sake of doing no, it. No, I mean, for me, it's about, it's passion for the craft. Yeah, I love it's that. It's about telling stories that matters. Um, it's, you know, um, it's the same thing with me, Christy. 
I've said no to a lot of jobs, you know? I've said no. I don't, I don't know how many briefs that I've got. I've got because of, um, I've, I've been focusing on, on some other things as well. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm branching into full, into, yeah. into, um, into long forms at the moment, you know? So I've been saying no to a lot of, lot of them, um, into a lot of um, commercials, a lot of music videos. I've been saying, saying a lot to a lot of them, like getting briefs, not just because I'm branching into that, but simply because of sometimes the brief, you know, yeah. sometimes because of the brief, sometimes because of the expectations of the client, yeah. you know, um, you know, things like that, you yeah. know, then people don't understand why you say no, yeah. you know, they don't understand because you're not just doing this for the sake of doing it. You know, I was like um, telling a friend of mine saying that, um, 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 my stomach don't control, you know, my, 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 my love for what I'm doing. You know what I mean? The love for what I'm doing comes first. I know I have to pay my bills. I know I have to do all those. You don't have to remind me about that. Why you take the job? You have to pay bills. I know that, but I'm going to take in that. And then I would have compromised myself, yeah. you know? So I love what you just said, that you let go of the job simply because of such issues. Yeah. Yeah, so, so sorry, sorry. No, You're just fine. finishing. You're just finishing what you're saying. Yeah, no, so, so that's a nice director. Give, give, give thought to the audio from the start. So that bring your audio people in from the start so they can be involved with the pre production, with the planning, with the wardrobe planning, all those kind of things. Um, in my company, that's what I started doing for directors. Mm-hmm. I said to them, bring us in from the start. We design the workflow from day one from your pre-production mm. we get involved with the post-production because that'll ease up your flow your data management the way everyone talks to another the communication of things um, between the different departments all that stuff has to be kept in mind yes. from the start because then you'll just have a much more easy experience yes. the day that's going to come out as something really special yes um, and then for the audio guys for specifically remember that you are there to serve the story. Mm. You are not there to make a statement. Mm. I love that. Uh, I love me, that. That's, that is that is the core for me. And that's in actually that's what that's actually what people should. Uh, I, I wish you could say that again. You're there to for what again? They're there to serve the story, not to make a statement. Not to make a statement. Yeah. I hope you guys are listening. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Thank you so much, Christy. I appreciate your time. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, I mean, uh, um, a class for me, myself as well, you know, so I'm just looking forward to our, you know, um, um, our future working relationship because I'm sure it's, it won't end here. You know, I've learned a lot from you. So that was Christy, guys. Um, um, that was another episode of um, The Real Podcast. So um, all Christy's details will be um, on the screen. Um, Christy's full name, her um, has social media company and everything will be on the screen. So just in case you want to um, get in touch with her for anything, guys. So that was the, another episode of Theory Podcast, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Um, see you on the next one. Thanks. Thank you so much, Christy. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having that me. Was, uh, just hmm? oh. <laughs> That's it, eh? Cool. Um, cool.